Hello, and thank you for tuning into this episode of Psyche Design, where we're going to be talking about the four key functions of the psyche. So first of all, I'm not going to talk too much about this, but what is the psyche? Um, for my purposes on this podcast, I am really talking about Carl Jung's conceptualization of the psyche, which has three main parts. There's the ego, there's the personal unconscious, and the collective unconscious. So psyche, Carl Jung regarded the psyche as a self-regulating system. The word kind of um, goes back beyond Jung and it kind of, the word psyche has been used as, as a synonym for the word soul or spirit, but it's essentially the part of us that is animating the body. It is the um, totality of consciousness that is both unconscious and conscious. So the psyche as this self-regulating system, it both is striving to maintain balance within itself, but it's also seeking to grow or seeking to individuate. And the way that we're individuating is based on this core innate pattern or blueprint, which is basically the way our personality takes form. Um, the way that our psyche interacts based on which elements um, of the psyche happen to be conscious and which ones are innately more unconscious that can always come up above the surface, that blueprint is basically your personality pattern. And those aspects of your personality are connected to archetypes that you can then act out or, um, you know, or it might just play out in certain contexts of your life. But basically, Carl Jung's view of the psyche, it has the ego as the center of the entire psyche, which the ego is that awareness. It is the part of you that is aware of the self. Your ego is not the same thing as yourself. Yourself is much bigger than the ego, but the ego is the part of you that maintains that conscious awareness. And it is the very start of that individuation process. It is the start of that pattern that unravels where as you grow, um, your innate blueprint can kind of unfold, but your ego is the starting point. It's not a dirty word. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person for having an ego. We're all humans. And it's just that the ego is that small aspect of you that kind of gets the whole pattern started. So when people talk about having a big ego, um, it's typically a person that actually um, is still there at that starting point. When people say big ego, really the ego is viewing a quite narrow view of the psyche. Um, so that's kind of a confusing part. Um, but then there's the collective unconscious, which is collective in nature, as the name implies. Um, and it involves all of those archetypes and all of those functions and basically all of potential. It's basically, it, it's a very vague kind of concept. We can go into it more in another episode, but it's vague because it's all encompassing. It's kind of intentionally that way. And then we have the personal unconscious. That is basically the way that your ego is currently interacting with the collective unconscious. So that's just the psyche, um, it, the gist of it. But 
if we're if we were going to be dividing the psyche up in four, um, one way to do that are with these four key functions that Carl Jung originally talked about in his book Psychological Types. There is feeling and thinking, and then sensing and intuiting. So I'm going to talk about the way that I see these functions based on my um, my research in both how how Carl Jung defined them, how this then later became popularized by the MBTI, and as well as other type theorists that are out there today, like Linda Behrens and John Beebe. But I'm also adding on there kind of my spin on it, how I see these functions, because I'm also a student of astrology and tarot. And I, I know that Carl Jung was a student of astrology and tarot as well. And there are these original sort of connections uh, between these systems where this number four, like the four key functions of the psyche, um, it's not the only personality type system or system in general that has the number four as kind of a backbone. And if you're interested in numerology at all, the number four is a foundational number. And if you just visually look at it um, at four, you can just kind of tell that there's that balance there. You know, you think of tables that have four legs, um, even many animals with four legs. It's a very grounded, stable number. And it shows up in so many different um, universal truths. And so I believe that when Carl Jung was looking into the psyche and found these divisions that they're, they're describing these very holistic ways of dividing the way that we process and think. Uh, and so since consciousness is kind of about the ways that we comprehend the world, it's not just awareness, it's also the way that we're deducing our experience. And it's actually, we could start right there. With these four functions, if we were to divide it in two, so there's lots of different ways to divide it because as you'll see, these four functions, there's also, you could divide them down to eight. There's really eight main cognitive functions, but they start from these four categories, feeling, thinking, sensing, and intuiting. The eight, um, is when you add on top of that introversion and extroversion, which is an orientation. We'll talk about that in a later episode. First, I want to really uh, hone in on these core four functions. So since each of these functions are basically types of consciousness, um, they kind of exist beyond you. If you are a person with a personality or with a way of thinking, then you can have access to any of these functions. But um, your preference um, in your personality is going to be attracted to one of those types of consciousness more than another. It's similar to if you are either right-handed or left-handed, that is uh, kind of a example that a lot of people in the type community like to use is that it, it is kind of like handedness in the sense that just as you have a right hand that might have more talents and then you develop the skill of writing, um, your um, psyche kind of works that way too, where you might've heard of the concept of right brain and left brain. Um, there's definitely some truth to that. And you know these 
cognitive functions, there are also even real neuroscience research out there that shows that um, these things are connected. Go look into um, Dario Nardi's research if you want to know more about that. That could be another episode, but essentially, uh, just like handedness, we have an aspect of our consciousness that we gravitate toward. And so as Carl Jung also talks about individuation, where we, um, our psyche wishes to expand and become more conscious of itself and become even more of a defined unique human. Um, the way that we gravitate toward our strengths or our talents, it naturally creates a sort of, um, balance or this out of balance thing because Carl Jung said that both the psyche strives to maintain balance and it also um, strives to individuate and to sorry strives to individuate so for example for me as an ENFJ I am a feeler or I prefer feeling over thinking um, because my psyche gravitates to that what happens is I develop a skill or a talent in feeling um, but then what happens is because the psyche wishes to balance itself, then the, my psyche becomes out of balance where there's feeling that is used a little bit too much more than the thinking. And then I attract situations in my life that either challenge my thinking or my psyche. Uh, there could be synchronicities where people that are better at thinking than I, or are using it more, or maybe inspire me or challenge me to use thinking are gonna show up in my life and kind of trigger me until I get back into balance. And so that's kind of the dance of this uh, journey. And that's part of the reason why knowing your type is super useful because knowing your type shows you what aspects of consciousness you are already perhaps overdoing. And it also shows you your blind spots. So let's talk more about the four functions. One way of dividing these functions up is as, as Jung called ju judging and perceiving. So because consciousness is about overall comprehending whatever's happening in reality or in your reality, um, there are two things you, that your mind does with it. For judging, that is basically assessing what's going on around you assessing the information, whereas perceiving is engaging with that information. Um, and one thing that I've noticed that is a way that I like to describe um, uh, perceiving and uh, judging, I think is a slightly better word is, which, okay, I guess before I even go into that, I wanna say that the two judging functions are thinking and feeling. And the two perceiving functions are sensing and intuiting. And I found that what really makes sense to me and some words I really like to use is to think of thinking and feeling as the two creative functions, because they, these are the areas in which your mind is creating either a new thought or a new feeling or kind of um, your own assessment of what is happening. It is kind of your conclusion. Um, you're kind of putting your impact onto the world whenever you're using thinking or feeling. Um, and whenever people talk about in the metaphysical community about how thoughts create reality, um, all, of, all of these 
um, really all of consciousness can impact reality, but thinking and feeling is, are both the functions that we think of when we think of like our thoughts creating reality, if that makes sense. So one thing I want to clarify with that is that the word thinking and the word feeling, they're both kind of misnomers in the sense that they have these specific definitions, but all of these functions exist in your mind. They are the cognitive functions in the sense that feeling uh, isn't necessarily just the emotion in your body. It is also your consciousness assessing something. So a lot of times when you think of having thoughts, that can be under the umbrella of both the function of thinking or feeling. So the real difference between these two is that thinking assesses reality through logical reasoning statements, and then feeling assesses reality through ethical values. So thinking might ask, is this right or wrong? Ethical or feeling might ask, is, is this good or bad? So they're both ways that we can kind of come to a conclusion or understanding about what is happening. And um, yeah, and then the other, uh, the perceiving functions, I like to think of these as the experiential functions because these are the functions that are just engaging with reality through their being. Um, so for example, if you are into meditation and if you are doing the experience where you're supposed to let go of all your thoughts and instead just be with the moment, chances are you're using either sensing or intuition when you're doing that and you're trying to get rid of your thoughts, which might include thinking or feeling because it might be a feeling function to be assessing if you're good or bad. If you have mental chatter in your head that is sorting through your values or how you feel about a situation or the overall uh, worthiness of a situation that is still going to be mental chatter. Um, whereas thinking, it might be, um, thinking is more about what works and the rules of the universe and trying to figure out um, what's right and what's wrong and what conclusion is in alignment with universal law and is going to achieve the correct output that you would expect and what is faulty, what, is, what needs to be tweaked and is inconsistent. Um, it's like, uh, do these blocks fit together? Whereas feeling is like, is this a block that I want to push together? Um, so that's, that's thinking and feeling. Uh, and then as I was talking earlier, sensing and intuition, they are these experiential functions that is engaging with reality where sensing is focused on physical facts and intuition is focused on the abstract concepts. So um, um, intuition, it's like kind of noticing everything that is not, it's not physical, everything that's not tangible. Intuition is a confusing one to crack down because it often can be connected with 
you know, religion or spirituality, or it can be connected with something that's very, very secular. Um, but either way, it is intuition is kind of about reading between the lines where it's this act, this aspect of reality that is not um, is not something that you can physically feel proof, but it is that. Um, it's like focusing on the potential reality that has not yet been manifested or could be manifested. So with sensing, a lot of people might talk about sensing as your five senses, but sensing is goes a lot beyond just having the five senses because, you know, whether you prefer sensing or intuiting, we all... Um, we don't all, we aren't all blessed with having perfect five senses, but we, you know, have access to that as a human, the, those experiences. Um, so if you are, uh, if you prefer sensing, your sensing experience is going to go a lot deeper than just the five senses because you're engaging with the physical facts and objects in reality. That could be either your body deeply feeling or experiencing uh, what it feels like to be human, or it could be um, directly putting your impact onto the world around you in a way that you can uh, feel and touch and experience. Whereas it, those who prefer intuiting tend to kind of live in their head or they might seem like they're zoned out a little bit to where they're focused on what is not yet. Um, so they might seem creative, they might seem a step ahead, but it also means that they could be reacting to something that is totally not real at all, um, but might be real and exists in uh, the in the potential realm. So we can talk about some examples with that later, but I wanted to share as well uh, for this episode that these four functions, they are all connected to one of the four main elements, fire, earth, water, and air. So if you are coming to this um, if you're new to personality type, but you are not new to um, astrology or tarot, this is just sort of a cheat sheet that might help you understand some of these connections. Um, so I'm going to go down the list of those, but I also just want to preface that by saying that um, the four functions and the elements, they are not direct synonyms, but there are associations. Um, the elements um, kind of go beyond the psyche. They um, also, you know, exist in real life, I guess you could say. Um, that was a really weird way of describing it. But I guess I'm just saying that the elements, I guess, I guess you could say that the elements are so universal that they kind of show up everywhere. And the psyche is just one place that it shows up. And if you want to know how the elements show up, then I can, I can show you those connections. And then if you're interested in tarot, the four main suits of tarot it, are there to kind of 
explain all of the potential in the universe, every energy possibility that could be. So those four um, suits are also connected to the elements and they're also connected to um, the four main functions. So we have fire, which is connected to the wands suit in tarot and it is connected to intuition. And then we have earth, which is connected to pentacles in tarot and it is connected to um, uh, sensing, sorry. And then we have um, water, which is connected to cups and tarot, and it's connected to feeling. Then we have air that is connected to swords and tarot, and it's connected to thinking. So I'm going to share some keywords about these four elements that are true about the elements, but, and you might find associations with the four functions as well in the sense that these four functions tend to be um, focused on engaging with reality in these ways. But um, just as an overview, fire is about creative energy. It's about potential and it's about ideation. So it's that so you can see the connection to intuition there where Intuition is focused on the possibilities and the potential realm. And creative energy is that realm that exists between um, what is already manifested and what will be manifested. And also the black hole nothingness where an idea, you know, comes in between. And, you know, the way that ideas are created is that it all starts with nothing. And then the idea comes and then it happens. Then you do something in the physical world to make it happen. And intuitives are focused on that in-between. And when I say intuitives, I mean um, the individuals where their blueprint is you know, preferring intuition. We all do all of these things. I should have said this as a disclaimer earlier is that we all have access to all of these things. And, if you're into astrology and you know that you have all um, signs showing up in you, even if it's not your sun or your moon, you still have all the signs in your birth chart. That's kind of how it is with uh, your personality type as well, is that you have one that kind of is a ruler over your uh, your general personality that then is seeking to connect with the other as your psyche is seeking to polarize the opposites. Um, it's similar to how in astrology, you might have a chart ruler or a sun sign or a moon sign or a rising sign that kind of um, shows the part of you that you might identify with the most. And there are some connections between what your personality type might be and your chart, but it's not, there's no- disconnection. Sorry about that. Um, there's no hard and fast rule to how that would how that would look, um, but just as your um, astrology chart shows every aspect of you somehow in it, you can see your type in it as well. Um, so anyway, that was kind of a tangent, but it felt like it was important to share. But okay, so moving on to Earth. Earth is connected to physical vitality. Um, Earth is practical 
and grounded. And um, it's also focused on what is material. So kind of to contrast that with intuition in the way that fire is, um, it is anyone, whether you prefer the um, intuition or sensing can be extremely creative, but where does that creativity come from? Are you focused on the realm of the not yet manifested and the possibilities and the ideas? And is that what is driving you to want to create and make something real? Or are you so focused on the physical facts of the world and are you so immersed in um, the, um, your, you're like embodied in one with your body and feeling your physical instinct and that pull to evolve and when you act on that, then ideas just float into your head whenever you're in that state. Um, that's how intuitive and sensing creativity can work differently and they go hand in hand. Um, that um, earth is also kind of associated with aesthetic things. So that's another thing because it's um, very focused on the here and now of what it can observe in uh, this reality. So then the other two elements, we've got water and air. Water as an element is associated with sensitivity, emotions, being really in tune with yourself and like aligned with yourself. It's related to uh, purification, which is kind of another related to the last keyword I said, purifying yourself or transmuting yourself. Um, and also emotional responses. So feeling as a function, it is not the exact same thing as emotions, but it does, um, the feeling as a function does pay attention to um, what emotions are. So for example, if you are a, um, if you prefer feeling in your personality type, that doesn't mean that you don't um, mentally process at all and that you are just going off of whatever emotion of the moment. Um, feeling as a function is very sensitive to the emotional realm and seeks to um, really engage with its emotional responses as it comes up. But as I mentioned before, feeling as a function is really assessing the world through ethics and through their values. And is this worthy? Does this matter to me? Is this good? Is this bad? Whereas we have air that is uh, truth seeking. Um, it, it's independent, analytical, and focus on the objective. Um, thinking um, it is assessing the world through those logical reasoning statements. And the reason why it does that, the connection there is that um, it's basically seeking truth and it's wanting to figure out like the universal law, as I was saying earlier. And it wants to make sure that the way that it's thinking about things is more objective and not just like a personal opinion. Although these people are quite opinionated they tend to seek um, 
kind of getting out of their emotional responses a bit and focusing on what is fair and objective and just. So it does that through analyzing. And this is not to say, this is not to say that um, thinking is more true or accurate than feeling. And it's not to say that feeling is more moral or empathetic, but those are the things that these functions are focused on. And so just as an example, you might have someone who is um, a feeling person who um, is so focused on wanting to be good that they are unable to admit when they're wrong and they end up self-righteous and arrogant and hurting everyone around them. And it's because they have this desire to be good because their emotions are so attached to that. And then, you know, we have thinkers that might be so attached to being right that they are unable to see basically when they're wrong as well. They're unable to um, hear other people's opinions. And the thing is, is as I mentioned before, we all have all of this in our psyche. So for example, if you prefer thinking, that means that feeling is in your shadow, it is in your unconscious. So if you so prefer finding the truth, then you might be completely unaware of your emotional fears, of your values. You might not be actually embodying or even aware of what those values are. So you might um, have sort of this competitiveness within you that is afraid of not belonging in the world, but you're not aware of that because you're so focused on uh, the logical realm that you have no clue the way that your feeling is actually influencing the way that you're able to assess things. Because just because you're not consciously aware of the entire psyche, the entire psyche is all playing its part. So if you have an unmet emotional need that you're not aware of, it is going to work its way manipulatively, God, in a manipulative way, sorry about that, where you're gonna get that need met and your, your logic is gonna be skewed because um, it will, make its way in there in an unconscious way and you aren't going to be aware of it. Whereas if you prefer feeling, the same thing might happen where you might be wrong about something or something in your philosophy might not really be quite true or aligning with um, where you want to go in, in universal law. And if you are too afraid of criticism and if you are like, really wanting to belong perhaps or doing what you can to feel good, then you might um, not, um, you might avoid the truth or maybe the truth is too painful for you. Or maybe you can allow injustice to happen because you are too um, afraid of rocking the boat because you're too sensitive and you don't wanna rock the boat. And then you then become an enabler for injustice to happen. So that is, those are the four key um, areas of the psyche, feeling, thinking, sensing, and intuition. 
And we'll talk about this in the next episode or in a later episode that those four um, functions, they really boil down to eight um, cognitive functions. And these eight functions are the building blocks for your personality pattern. These main four functions that I just talked about are like the areas of the psyche. And within those four, there are two orientations of like within each of those boxes. Um, so introversion and extroversion are the two ways that these things can show up. So basically you can have introverted thinking or extroverted thinking. You can have introverted feeling or extroverted feeling. You can have introverted sensing or extroverted sensing. You could have introverted intuiting or extroverted intuiting. So again, all eight of these cognitive functions are available in your psyche, but some of them are in your uh, conscious awareness and some of them are in your shadow. And while there are these 16 core personality patterns, that is the blueprint for how the psyche is going to be evolving and becoming aware of itself. Um, everyone is going to still act completely differently here because um, you're going to, your, your persona or, you know, the personality part of you that um, interacts with others around you is um, really dependent on the context of the situation and also your development. Um, were you raised in an environment where the way that your psyche naturally wanted to gravitate was allowed? Were you able to develop those talents or were you feeling stuck um, by um, living with someone that didn't respect your natural talents and your gift was in their shadow. And so there was that tension there. So everybody is going to behave differently based on their unique life experience and also their, their desires. So, because you can have people of all different types in every industry and doing every job and the industry that you pursue is going to give you some skills that chances are it kind of aligns with your um, preferred personality pattern, but it doesn't have to because every industry still requires all eight of the cognitive functions in order to function, I guess you could say. Um, so you might be someone that is in an industry where you feel kind of outnumbered where other people are all seem to be this sort of way and you're different and you don't quite understand why, you might just kind of hold the key for what they're missing in the sense that, for example, I've noticed that a lot of astrologers are intuitives because they're focused on something that cannot be proved um, tangibly, but it's an idea and it is a way of perceiving potential that tends to bring a lot of peace to intuitives whenever you can really understand the realm of potential like that. Um, but then I've also met lots of sensing astrologers, for example, who um, they kind of see, see it differently than the way that the intuitives do and their perspective is just as valid and it is needed in order to challenge the entire industry. So this is all just to say that every industry has a place for you, no matter what uh, your type is. 
So whatever you're really interested in doing, your voice is needed. Um, so again, type is not there to limit you. It's only there to show you the way that your consciousness is already working. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Psyche Design. Uh, make sure to leave me a comment if you um, have any questions. And yeah, have a wonderful rest of your day. And thanks for listening.